0: This program is financially supported by the fundings from the European Commission.
1: You are listening to the EPU Access AccessCast, the first official podcast from European Blind Union about assistive technology for blind and partially sighted people.
2: And here are the hosts. And we are back. After the summer holidays, in two months of silence, we are back and I have with me Jakob Rosin from Estonia. Hello Jakob. Hello. And Bart Simons, are you Simons or Simons?
1: Let's keep it like Bart Simons. I'm from Belgium. Hello.
2: Okay. So Bart Simons from Belgium. Hi guys. How was your summer? It was hot. Really? <laughs> yeah, the, the the same. I was in Croatia for almost four weeks, and oh my god, it was really hot this year.
1: I know that the international computer camp was this year in Croatia, and uh... it was.
2: But they were on the coast. They were lucky, you know. They could take a <laughs> swim when when yes. they had the time, and they were in in Zadar, which mm-hmm. is really nice city. So um, yeah, I think they. They had a really good time over there. So we are back, and we, as you could hear at the beginning, we have uh, our new intro. Uh, yes. Thanks to thanks to Jakob, <laughs> and uh, we have some news for you. And today we are going to talk about also some some changes relating to accessibility and. Uh, web directive, because some new things which are very interesting are coming up in the next few days for the European Union, but we are going to cover it in a few minutes. But before we go on, uh, first of all, uh, there were some announcements from Apple last week uh, regarding the new stuff, because Apple had their a yearly event and a new version of iOS is released and there are some accessibility changes that right Jakob
0: well there's no uh, actually there are uh, no big accessibility changes uh, but one thing i wanted to mention with iOS 12 uh, which indeed is out now so go and update your devices is that um since Apple improved Photos app a lot, which now can recognize a lot of more uh, of the objects, and uh, it can um, tell you uh, well. The, the phone knows or tries to know what's in the picture and then uh, you, you can search for objects and then it would show you um, The picture with those objects you searched. This is what they tell uh, mainstream users. What it means to ask us voiceover users It basically means that um, uh, Now when you do find a picture and you do three finger one tap on the screen it will uh, attempt to describe it to you with um, a few words so uh, basically, its uh, image descriptions have become slightly more better, but still, um, I think like some other uh, some other image recognition uh, softwares like um, Seeing AI or mm-hmm. Envision will um, are they're doing it better. An
1: advantage of Apple is that they do it in your language, in the in the iPhone's language, whereas. The other apps, I think, are limited to English.
0: Yes, you're right, actually. And uh, another advantage is that Apple does it on your device um, while other apps need internet connection. They need to upload the image to their servers and do it there. It's faster, yeah. Yeah, Um, But, um... Yeah, there are no no big, really neat, big, um, new features in accessibility ways, but they more are concentrating probably on uh, making all the uh, new features in iOS 12, in general new features, uh, to work. So there's like screen time, which tells you how much you use your device and uh, makes activity logs about um, that, which is interesting, and there is um, notification grouping and, and all that happiness. So, uh, yeah, lots of new features in iOS. Not... 12 Um, so um, yeah they are mostly all but mostly all of them are actually accessible so go check it out
2: well that's great Um, since you mentioned the envision uh, app uh, it became accessible to the Android users as well for now like a few months I, I started playing with it like for last month and I have to say that I'm really impressed with the uh, with its features especially with the uh, direct reading from the devices it saved me for a few times where the other apps before couldn't do it and i was really really surprised uh, i can tell you for example the one example uh, where a friend of mine uh, i saw uh, on on twitter a post where where, where a person used Uh, electronic cigarette with the digital display and basically those kind of displays are really really small and those displays have a bunch of data displayed like which temperature they use and stuff like that and if you're blind it's kind of tricky to use such devices but uh, the person was able to read the contents from the display from the device with the Envision and it was like yeah man it's really cool
0: there is one uh, place where it doesn't work I mean I agree this is an amazing way and it works very well but there's one place where it doesn't work I try to know the time of uh, the remaining time on my um, uh, washing machines uh, screen um, and it displays it obviously and uh, it can actually read but it also reads all the um, all the things written around the screen the labels, so basically the labels yeah. on the- Exactly, the signs which which are on the front panel. So I get lots of useless information and maybe I get the time. So there it kind of... Um, it, it. I mean, the system itself doesn't do anything wrong. It reads everything, but it just reads me the wrong things.
1: You would have to oh, yeah, cover yeah, all the rest, but it's hard to do. Yeah,
0: um, it's very hard to do because uh, my machine has touchscreen as well. And uh, mm. yeah, it's going <laughs> to do bad things. Then you just be patient till it's done.
2: Okay, so um, these are the news from uh, Apple and since we are talking about the accessibility there are news from NVDA team as well Uh, they are preparing the 2018.3 release and the last version is RC3 which is basically, that means that um, it's the last Release candidates before it goes out public, so if there are no no more bugs and stuff, uh, it should be out any day. and uh, from the from the news about the NVDA, it says Windows Ten emoji input. so now this is accessible. NVDA will report grammar errors when appropriate appropriately exposed by web pages in google chrome that was not accessible before content marked as being either inserted or deleted in web pages is now reported in google chrome there are changes for the braille displays and the improvements which is really good
1: do we know how they will um announce the Strike through text or inserted text, um, will it be with a di- different pitch, or will they really say word like start of entered?
2: I think it speaks. I think it's it speaks. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't use different pitch. It it tells you that. Okay,
1: there are many changes. It. Sometimes hard to concentrate on the text if it's always interrupted by enter text, uh, deleted text, end of deleted text.
2: Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd
1: be interesting to see how,
2: how. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe somebody uh, will do some change in some in some addons because there are a bunch of add-ons for NVDA. Or it
1: could Can't be, be p- with a sound or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dating the beginning and the end or. Mm-hmm.
2: It's uh, it's it's possible. Maybe it's uh, it would be possible to to add this feature in the in the prof- through the profiles because NVD now <laughs> also pro- uh, supports different profiles. So maybe that could be done that way.
1: But it's an important one because sometimes on websites on web shops you can see that there are two prices and we, one of them is uh, like strike true to indicate that they have a, now a, 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 a new lower price. And yeah, if we don't know that the first Numbers are strike true. You can't be sometimes you you wonder what is now the the real price, which
0: is the right price. Yeah, Uh, what Mac does here um, is uh, when it's it's kind of good and bad, it does use sound. So, when you're reading a text, and for example, there is um, like three words um, in bold, it will make a little beep. Uh, Well, you can make it. You can actually configure it differently, but basically, with a sound option, it makes a little beep before those three words, Then it says the three words, and then it makes another beep to let you know that um, it's now um, you know continuing with normal text. The trouble is that there is only one beep, so it does the same beep both for like bold, for under underline, for mm. italic, for whatever strike true. So um, that's the problem. But um, I. Kind of prefer the sound way because, as you said, mm-hmm. it doesn't interrupt the uh, the sentences it's talking about uh, and with with its own because it it gets very very confusing if it's uh, yeah yeah sure. the stuff
2: sure okay uh, besides uh, those changes for the web browsers uh, there is one more thing which is kind of important and it says custom role via aria. Uh, Role description attributes are now supported in all browsers, which is great. So, What
0: what does it mean, actually?
1: So we have area roles to describe what web content or what a component on a website might be. Mm -hmm. But they are not always detailed enough. So the role description would help you to tell one apart from the other.
0: So you might have like two menus, but one would be main menu, and the second one would be like um, um, not so many menu.
1: No, that's even that's with an area label, so it's even more complicated. Oh wow! It's even okay. More rare, so <laughs> I'm not sure if we should go into these technical details. It's really a very advanced area role. Um,
0: okay. So well, um, basically, you know that things on the web got better. <laughs> With this new yeah. update?
1: Well, it's uh, it's the same that there is um Like, we will talk later about the web content accessibility guidelines, but the World Wide Web Consortium is also making other um, standards, like in this case, ARIA standard, accessible rich internet applications. Um, it's also a long document from the World Wide Web Consortium. And it got some new roles and new attributes, and of course the screen readers have to follow and do something with these new changes. syntaxes for uh, web developers um, so that we can benefit from it. So maybe we can summarize that uh, NVDA keeps up to date with developments in the Accessible Rich Internet Applications specification.
2: Yay! Now you can put the the jingle of of applause. (laughs) Yay! No, no, you explained it good, thank you. Um, The other thing what I found uh, really nice in this RC3, and which which will be uh, in 2018.3, is uh, automatic detection of the Braille displays in the background, which means that basically... uh, once you plug the play, the Braille display, if the NVDA supports it in the lists of drivers, or if it's possible to connect it with the um, universal USB protocol, then it will be automatically detected. You don't have to do anything through the configurations, which is good. It's just Plug and play.
0: Oh, you mean that uh, when usually when I um, got a new display, I had to go to Braille settings and select it from there. And um, yeah. Oh, okay. So now it knows it by itself. Okay,
2: that's great. Right.
1: Yeah. Excellent. That's good. No no outdated drivers
2: anymore. Wow. It simplified So that's uh, for the for the end customers, and that's good. Uh Um, I know that they also uh, worked on the improvements for the. One core voices. Uh, these are the new, new voices uh, from Microsoft used in Windows 10. And basic, uh, basically, I don't know uh, if you noticed that uh, now, if you are installing the NVDA for the first time on the Windows 10 machine, uh, it will automatically use the Windows core voices. Uh, so it will no longer use eSpeak, which uh, sounds like a robot. Which is uh, huge improvement for the general uh, understand understanding understanding of the speech, which is good.
1: Given that you have the right language installed on your Windows,
2: yes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. I wonder what it
0: would use with if it. Well, what would it do?
2: I think it would switch. I mean, if if. Uh, like if it doesn't find your language, my I, my I,
0: my Windows maybe is in Estonian and there is no Estonian Windows voice.
2: Mm. Oh, okay. So maybe it would use uh, the English one, probably. Probably would default to that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm,
1: hopefully that. not. Hopefully it would default to eSpeak Estonian because if it will read your Estonian installation wizard with the English voice, well.
2: Yeah, it would that be funny. Would be bad. is there?
1: Is Our listeners might be able to understand. Is there
2: speaking in Estonian? What? Yeah, there is, there
1: is an e-speak?
0: Estonian speak. Yes.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: So hopefully we'll do that. There is an Estonian
2: robot. There yes, is indeed. Estonian R two D two. Like, it's it's
0: it's fun because, um, like Estonia has um created a text to speech engine. Well, not Estonia by the whole nation, but uh, there has been an institution who has been doing it for the past like ten years. And every time somebody asks, it's going to be ready soon. And it still kind of isn't properly ready, considering with the level where others are. And then once uh, one day, just randomly, Google made available a Estonian TTS, which isn't perfect, but it's way better than what they have achieved in 10 years. So oh, yeah, yeah. down yeah, yeah, yeah. to big companies, whatever you do. If they want, you'll have it. But if they won't... You won't have it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we had the same thing for uh, for creation language, um, and we had the situation where we used to have like a few TTS uh, engines which were like commercial and they costed a lot of money. And some of them worked okay, some of them were uh, quite bad. And basically, nobody had a clue that Microsoft. Was uh, developing uh, a set of new voices, and one of those was uh, Croatian, which came out uh, last year with the last year's v- version of full version of uh, Windows Ten. And I was I remember when I when I installed it, and it's 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 a mobile voice, so it's a it's really small. It's like a four megs in size when you install it, but. It sounds way, way better than anything in in my opinion, it sounds way, way better than anything what what we've had. Uh, it doesn't have some funny accents. Um, because what what we what we had in Croatia was that we really had the, the issue with the vocalizer voice that came out like two years ago and there was like lots of talk and, and like yeah we have a new voice from vocalizer it should be great and stuff like that my god it's it's terrible because uh eventually what what happened with that voice was that you know when if you don't have a people who are language experts uh you can code the thing but if if this is not properly coded and then it speaks by the funny rules and you know if you have a coder in India who just does the the coding but at the end the product is not properly beta tested then you have really a disaster and that's that's really what happened with, with, with the Croatian vocalizer. And then this voice came from Microsoft like last year and it was like, Man, this is this is really cool. And it it works great. Unless I mean as long as you have Windows ten machine, it's it's it doesn't lag, it's it's very responsive. Uh, friend, it's, I, I use it now on a daily basis when I need to read something in Croatian it's really, really great so yeah that's great yeah. Um, okay, so that's kind of a short recap about the news for the new NVIDIA release uh, you'll find all the details in our show notes uh, but now I'd like to move to uh, the next important topic uh, which is going to be become the reality on the 23rd of September of 2018. And that's the European Web Directive. And uh, basically, we have the article in our show notes, uh, which talks about uh, WCAG 2.1 and its adoption in Europe and what are the correlation. To the uh, web directive, um, and I'm not going to talk about the web directive myself because I know what is it. But I'm going to give the word to Bart because the Bart is the, was the expert in while while the while the directive did while the directive was uh, in its development stages. So Bart, go ahead.
1: Okay, so what's new since last episode? Last episode, we explained that the World Wide Web Consortium published 2.1 version of its main standard, accessibility standard, the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, an update mm-hmm. from 2.1, uh, 2.0 to 2.1, which what is a little bit strange maybe is that Web Content in its name, Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, It's meant to be broader than websites. It's also including um, digital documents, newsletters, electronic newsletters, and um, mobile applications. Now, this update to 2.1 is important mainly for um, having more details about mobile app accessibility. Because when the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines were written was 2008. Um, That was just before the launch of all the touchscreen devices. So although the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines wanted to be technology neutral and include all these different digital content, more than web content, there were quite some gaps. And this was also when the directive was negotiated EBU stressed a lot, was one of the key points for EBU was that it has to include not only websites, but also mobile apps. And this has been a long discussion. Yes, but we want to include mobile apps. But is there a standard good enough to describe what an accessible mobile application is and how to get to an accessible mobile application? So that's why this update to 2.1 was so crucial. because in the web directive, it's mentioned that uh, the commission still had to publish um, the standard for mobile app accessibility. And it all had to come together. W3C was pushed to have this update ready so that commission can update this. And what has happened in the last weeks is that the standardization organizations in Europe, there are three of them. There is Sen, there is Cenelec, and there is Etsy they made a joint working group to um, execute a mandate from the European Commission um, to come up with this new standard. And nicely enough and good for us that we can harmonize everything, uh, W3C was ready in time with its 2.1 update, so that um, the main decision of this joint working group could be, okay, let's incorporate this 2.1 update into our European standard. Now, to be totally correct, it's not because the Sen- Senelec and ETSI have included the 2.1 in their standard. To be really correct, the Commission still has to um, agree with this um, proposal, let's call it, from the standardization bodies. Now, it's absolutely expected that they will, (laughs) because they have no alternative anyway, as far as I know. So, um, and that should indeed happen in the next days, months, weeks, months, not many months anyway. Um, uh, And then we will have a harmonized European standard referencing version 2.1 of the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, which has to apply not only to websites, but also to electronic documents, to um, electronic newsletters and uh, mobile applications. So not so much. Uh, it's it's a long story, um, which is more political than, than technical. Um, but the good news is really that we won't have a different standard in Europe than elsewhere in the world. Uh, we all will follow... Um, The web content accessibility guidelines and um, the 2.1 update was really needed uh, to include details on app accessibility. Uh, By the time, it also includes some uh, uh, improvements for um, partially uh, partially sighted people. It um, goes a bit more into contrast, um, not only for text, but also for images and labels on images they were not included in the previous version um, so and uh, also some new um, success criteria for um, better understanding of the content so I think in the, in, it's a very good um, it's the best we could hope for um, two years ago
0: so what does it like mean? Does it do does it mean basically that uh, when I at some point when I find an uh, inaccessible app which I want to be accessible, I can um, suggest the developer to look at the standard where it basically tells it how uh, to make it more accessible.
1: He will find in the standard the principles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As I said, the, the standard is technology neutral. So he will find there that you will um, you have to have access to everything. Everything has to be labeled. Um, there should be enough contrast. Now the techniques how how to get this in his specific programming language because um, for websites we can refer to HTML, but for apps we have to refer to programming languages um,
2: and for specific platforms as well.
1: Yeah. So. Um, Android apps I think are mostly written in in, in a program language like C-Sharp, and iPhone has its own um, development um, environment. So what the developer will still need is um, techniques, how to apply the success criteria from the web content accessibility guidelines. This is now already published for things like HTML, PDF, what we use since a long time. it will be up to the technology. It's very possible that Apple will, they have already very good um, documentation for their developers on accessibility. I think they will update it to make sure that they include all the guidance to fulfill the 2.1 new success
0: criteria. Well in general it's very very good news I think because um, it makes it easier for us as a customer to uh, ask developers to make their um, software more accessible because we can refer to the standards, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, make it also a um, national national level thing, like uh, pressure our governments um, and public sector um, public sector to make the apps accessible. Because yeah. Least- so the
1: the Web Directive, what we refer to applies to public sector bodies. So um, specifically for apps, um, there is a bit longer deadline, but in, uh, I think it's June 2021, Yeah, all government apps, so public sector body apps uh, will have to be accessible, existing ones and new ones. So I turn this around and I say to public sector, if your app will still exist in June 21, already start working on its accessibility now because this deadline seems still far, but I hope that your app will last for three years. So if you have a new app now, uh, already think about this accessibility and you won't do it overnight, uh, the 20th of June, um, 2021. (laughs) Um, And the hope is that by um, having this law for public sector bodies, the hope is that these uh, developers will also apply it to all the other apps that they make
0: yeah exactly because the developer gets the experience and uh, might sure. exactly make it better which is which is excellent i have a um i have a personal um uh, personal experience on that where i was uh, in one of estonia's uh, banks talking about that uh, App accessibility and the dev- uh, and one of the developers there. Um, I I, f- I happened to follow him on Twitter and then I saw at some point at 4 a.m. him tweet that um, uh, getting into accessibility and reading the documentation is so exciting. He's uh, he has been mm. playing with it, and we en- mm. I ended up personally testing the app, and um, he also personally made some uh, app uh, projects and uh, made them accessible too. So I think it's very very great. Uh, nice. that more accessibility has been talked of, uh, also yeah, spe- on mobile.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of, of, of the these kind of experiences, I have to say that the, I had kind of this similar experience while also I would, when I would be working with some developers. Uh, if you get enough attention to the developer to make its application accessible, uh, if the first application becomes accessible for him, then you can be, I'm not going to say 100% sure, but we can be pretty much sure that the the future products of this developer will take care of the accessibility most of the times. And that's that's really, really good to see.
1: Usually it's not bad will from developers. It's lack of knowledge or fear. And if we can overcome this, of course, they want their app to be used by as many people as possible. No one will be against. Um, but the um, education has to follow. Also, um, as a developer, you should hear from accessibility in your studies. You shouldn't be able to graduate. Oh, absolutely,
2: yes. Especially at, at a if you're if you're
1: developer without having any knowledge about accessibility. So. Um, Again, it's not bad will, but they have to be triggered somehow, and the earlier, the better.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, especially if you're studying like computer science or programming, the I think that the any kind of accessibility, whether it's web accessibility or, or the app accessibility courses, uh, should be taught in the same time while the uh, new developers are learning new languages and stuff like that. Okay, um, so that's that's about the news for the um, web directive and uh, uh, WCAG 2.1 implementation in Europe at the moment. We will try to invite some people for the next um, episodes from the web accessibility initiative to talk about more uh, about the Web Accessibility Directive, and why is it important? Uh, because from as I said earlier, from the September twenty-first, it's going to be active in all the European Union for the public sector. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, pre- get ready for the for the next episode next month. I, I hope we will have good good news to share. Um, Speaking of the news and uh, the products, uh, Bart, you got the chance to get your hands on something that's uh, been circulating around for about a few years now, um, and that's kind of interesting watch as well, because in the last episode I reviewed the Acoustica watch, but this one is a completely braille watch, and it's kind of the
1: a, opposite yeah
2: yeah it's a uh, it's called a dot watch uh, dot
1: watch exactly yeah.
2: um, I, I've, I actually I have the, before you start, I had the chance of uh, seeing one of the prototypes like last year on the side city uh, in Germany, which is like the biggest uh, fair for the assistive technology currently in Europe and uh, that's I was.
1: Exact, that's really? exactly where we saw it this year, and where we got our demo model from.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I was. Uh, yeah. The, by the project, uh, the idea by itself is, is is really good. I I like the idea that uh, somebody came out with with the idea that they want to develop to, uh, develop a braille watch. But okay, we can we can share our opinions later. Maybe you can go first because you got the unit uh, for a few months now, and you can say uh, what what do you think and how does it look. So maybe we can later uh, go on with uh, some short uh, opinions and and expressions.
1: Sure, I'm a personally a Braille watch user, still the old type, and I like it because um, it's. Non-obtrusive. If you check the time with a with the talking watch, everybody around you uh, can hear it. Um, the braille watch is much more uh, private. So this is a totally new way of approaching braille watch. It's even literally a braille watch. It has four braille cells across the round. It's still a round shape, like like we have we know watches for a long time. Uh, but in the middle, you have four um, cells with Braille, six dots Braille. Um, and they have, uh, it's a Korean um, product. And first of all, I want to say that we were very impressed by the design also or already of the box in which the, the product comes. Uh, there is Braille on the box. There is a manual in Braille included in the in the package it it fits very nicely in the box Um, there is even some tactile images in the manual to indicate with a little arrow what button they are talking about at this point in the manual so um, really really um, five stars for uh, the the way they for the package and for the uh, getting started uh, so it's not only braille on the watch, but also braille everywhere uh, on the um, on the box mm-hmm.
2: and in
1: the, and inside. So very very nicely um, uh, to to un, unpack this uh, this this product. Um, the four braille cells, of course, they show the time. Obvious as a as a watch. It can even do seconds, so you can see the seconds go by. Um, it has alarms. It has what you expect: the date. Um, and technically, you can also link it to your smartphone and read incoming calls or incoming messages uh, on your watch. Of course, four cells at a time. It's not. It takes. Uh, it, it takes a while to um, to read through, um, but technically, you can if you wish so. Just one remark I had is that the, the technology they developed on um, getting the dots up and down, like, like we need for refreshable Braille, mm-hmm. um, you're supposed to take off your fingers after having read because when they when the dots jump up and you keep your finger on the cell, it interferes. So for me, that's a Big problem, so if I told you you can check the seconds, but you should lift your finger every time.
2: That's what um, I wanted to ask. Yeah, that that's what I wanted to ask. Unnatural. So it's still it, it's still accurate. Uh, this thing is because... very
1: unnatural to do. Uh, normally, your fingers would rest on, on a Braille display, especially it's such a small one where you don't need to slide from left to right, etc. So um, in the beginning, I thought that was a technical problem because some dots were not coming up and others were and then we read further in the manual and they said that you're supposed to lift your fingers um, to, to get the new content properly displayed and that feel that felt very unnatural for me that's the only remark uh, i would have on this
0: design how d- how durable do you think it is like because when you wear a watch um i like my experience with braille displays and i have a. Had a few, is that they uh, the cells usually are a bit uh, fragile, Um, like they don't want any any debris uh, in them, and definitely not water. But if you have a watch on your wrist, you know you know you might get um, some water when you wash your hands and stuff.
1: I see your point. Um, Now with these braille cells, there are no holes, so there are not literally pins coming Ah. out from little holes where indeed dust or something could get in so that's indeed a technique it's i don't know i don't know the chemistry behind it but it's something under and it it's like swells but there is no uh, nothing can physically enter oh i see uh, so that's a that's good a clever thing. way to do that it's right i'm yeah but another braille watch would also not be to go swimming with so i guess it's similar to the traditional braille watch that you would open the the cover
0: I haven't seen it and um, I was uh, mostly worried um, about dust and things getting in because when you wash your hands, it obviously gets a bit wet and all that. Um, I am personally, myself, um, I'm personally as well uh, a Braille watch person. I have Apple Watch as well, which I occasionally use because I like its health um, and step tracking and all that uh, things, but it talks and I kind of, don't like talking watches is in in public mm-hmm. apple watch yeah. has a function where it can vibrate you the time so it taps on your wrist uh, in different ways and tells you the is time it by that the,
2: by the, by this time buzz application no it
0: has a built-in uh, feature okay um, and um, but it's 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 slow for me, so I'm using an analog um, analog um, watch as well, which is accessible, and uh, I prefer that because I put my finger on there and I know immediately what time is it, and uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm also like into the silent watch department. Mm-hmm.
2: As I can as I can see, they didn't make any kind of uh, kind of glass cover or whatever against the the dust because no, they okay. didn't.
1: No. Yeah, it's open. Mm-hmm
2: yeah um, so kind of general advice is that uh, maybe people who would want to purchase the watch would have to uh, be a little bit more careful than does it display the time
0: all the time, or do you have to press the button for the um, cells to like come up?
1: That's a very good question. Um I think you have to push a button.
0: Oh, okay, because I was wondering, like do you ha- can you just put your finger on your wrist and no, or do you have to press a button? And then it, because um, it probably for no, battery you have to life press button Yeah,
1: it, although small, but it makes a sound when when the dots oh, okay. change. So if it would jump all the time, I think some people might like the <laughs> clocks ticking, but I um, <laughs> would be become very crazy. So um, yeah. now we have to. Now I'm, I'm pretty sure you have to to press the button. Okay.
2: Next. But if I remember correctly, uh, the watch has like uh, one button which. Uh, selects different modes. So basically, in one mode you can uh, check the time. In the other mode, you can check the messages and stuff yes, like exactly. that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There so are I remember.
1: buttons. I think there are three buttons around. The
2: and I think there are like, because it's four cells watch. Uh, uh, there are, if I remember, if I remember, it's like on each side of the watch there is like small pen button which uh, scrolls the display forward and backwards.
1: Yeah, like what you have would have the thumb keys on a braille display. Yeah. Um you have them under the cells. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay. yeah. So. so the next thing we need is a braille wristband, so the braille kind of the braille screen mm. with wrapper on your wrist so you across, get more cells.
1: Across your wrist. Okay. Yeah, yeah, You get more mm-hmm. cells.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: The roll-up well, braille display. there are Yeah,
0: people well, exactly because there are every, every well, huh? everybody talks about like in the visual world they talk about oh yeah we're gonna have a bending screen soon so let's be mm-hmm. uh, first here let's make roll-up bla- braille displays.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. Even there is this uh, competition now from from Microsoft where you can uh, you can uh, try to get twenty-five million dollars. Uh, for developing the the best accessible solution, actually we can include that in in the show notes. Um, and we 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 briefly touched that like in the in the previous.
1: It was last uh, time. Eh? It was it about artificial pre- intelligence. Pre- uh, yeah. Applications.
2: But now they they kind of expand this thing. Uh, I okay. Will, I will dig through the hmm. the emails and find it out. But yes, so. Maybe, maybe there is somebody who, would, who thinks that it's smart enough. So, um, yeah, if you think that 25 million is enough to develop such a thing, go ahead. So, for this time, uh, we send a warm, warm regards to Birkir, who might join us um, soon, because he survived the storm. He was rider on the storm. <laughs> um, and... Um, uh, he might be with us soon with some uh, news from Amazon and from Alexa. Uh, so we will hear about uh, from from Baker I hope, uh, soon. And uh, if you wanna check us out, uh, check out check out our previous episodes and um, listen what we had to say. You can check out check out on our Twitter page or through the European. Blend Union website or uh, you can also send us an email um, on our on our mail address which is also published in the show notes so that's it for this time guys uh, I thank you very much for uh, being patient with us um, we might come up very soon finally on the iTunes And when we do, we will make the public announcement and uh, make the tweets about it so everybody can uh, use whatever devices you have, even Google Home, to listen through us through the the iTunes. And I'm sure that people will like that very much because right now you have to get to our page and be a little bit more techy to listen to us. So... Getting us on you on iTunes would be very good. Okay, guys, thank you very much. Uh, Goodbye take care and see you next time. Okay, take
0: care. Bye bye.
2: Thank you for listening. This has been EBU
1: Access Cast. Access Cast.